Well, change has come to America. Our long national nightmare is over. I'm talking, of course, about Pitt football ending their losing streak and beating Florida State 41-17. to Hello and welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to a brand new episode of Unscripted, the Cardiac Hail podcast. I'm your host, Corey Cohen, and what a week that was. Uh, just a lot of uh, watching the news and uh, waiting to see how things panned out. Uh, fortunately, it all ended. We got a call on Saturday morning, which meant by the time that Saturday 4 o'clock rolled around, uh, people could watch the pit game. You could watch pit on TV and uh, and not have to worry about Maricopa County or, uh, or where the votes were um, uh, coming in, in Allegheny or anything like that. And uh, so that that was certainly nice that all the election stuff sort of wrapped up uh, by the time that Pitt uh, was able to to play so that, I you know, I otherwise my my attention would have been divided. I think a lot of America's attention would have been divided. A lot of Pitt fans and FSU fans. Uh, fortunately, it ended Saturday morning, which meant by the time the Pitt played, I could watch the Pitt game and just focus on that uh, and be able to do a, a reasonable podcast <laughs> about this game. Because if not, I would have been very distracted by the news. Uh, in terms of the game, I've got to sh- say that the pit shocked me. They really shocked me. I did not expect that at all. I thought it would be a close game. I thought Florida State would win. A, a close pit loss would not have surprised me. But a di- excuse me, a close pit win would not have surprised me. But a dominant win, I just did not see that coming. I thought it would be Florida State by four. You know, maybe Pitt ekes it out or something like that. No way on earth did I see forty-one to seventeen Panthers. So I, I I'll have I'll be happy to admit that I'm wrong. I tip my cap to them. They played a great game. It was an uncharacteristically great game, and it looked like a completely different team that was playing in these last four weeks. Uh, maybe a, I mean, not even real. I was gonna say maybe a little bit closer to the team that lost back-to-back one-point games, but they didn't even look like that. Those games were still pretty excruciating, uh, and even though they weren't blowouts and they were competitive, uh, those games, the, the Panthers did not look very good. Uh, in this game, the Panthers looked great. Like I said, they got the 41-17 to win, and uh, th- this team, they really were able to turn it around, use that bye week, and uh, and I'll, I'll be happy to, uh, to eat crow on that because I didn't see how Pitt would be able to turn it around after how they played the last couple weeks, and they did it, and and uh, so absolute credit to them. In terms of how they turned it around, what came out of this performance? Well, we'll start with the, the most important position in sports, that's quarterback. Kenny Pickett came back. I was not expecting him, um, and uh, so it was certainly, I mean, I saw, uh, I believe it was Jeff Hathorne on, I think it was Friday, um, said that, that Kenny Pickett, I think he tweeted that Kenny Pickett would be back for the game. Uh, before he tweeted that, I didn't think there was any chance he was going to be back, uh, maybe for even the whole season. I mean, they, Pat Narduzzi, when it comes to injury stuff, it's first frustrating because he keeps everything really close to the vest. And so we really didn't have any way of knowing what the status of Kenny Pickett was. And without him, there's a decent chan- chance Pitt loses this game because the other quarterbacks have not looked very good. Uh, but Pickett was back, and he looked good. So that's... Very optimistic when you talk about moving forward next week and the, the the two games after that, that you've got Kenny Pickett looking pretty good, looking like he's healthy, 
because uh, the first few weeks of the season, he was one of the best parts of this Pitt football team. So having him back was huge. But the big turning point was the running game. The running game looked completely different. It was almost like a different team. And, uh, you know, it, they were a lot more creative. Uh, now, Mark Whipple, there were a couple play calls in that game that you got a question, and I don't know that he's out of the woods yet, but it actually looked creative. It wasn't just a complete dead end. Uh, there were a lot of quarterbacks running for touchdowns. You had Kenny Pickett run in. That's not too surprising. But the fact that they brought in Nick Patty, who is, I guess, the fourth string quarterback on this team, who ended up with a stat line of three rushing yards, two touchdowns. That is objectively hilarious. That is just incredible that he came in for two goal line plays. He had three yards, two touchdowns. Just incredible that they were able to do that. Uh, but even on top of just the, the one or two yard line plays, which of course have plagued Pitt this year, and so it was nice to see that they were able to, to turn that around. But just a regular running game, the standard running game looked good. You had an offensive line that seemed much improved, and you had running backs who we've know uh, we've known that they've got talent. They were ap- actually able to showcase that talent. Vincent Davis looked like a legitimate lead back. Uh, AJ Davis was able to pitch in. Uh, you know, this is a team. Daniel Carter. This is a team that has a lot of talent. We just haven't really been able to see any of it because. The, the running game as a whole, for whatever reason, a lot of it's the offensive line, some of it's the offensive coordinator. They were just never never able to put it together. And it shocked me, but that in this game, they were able to put it together. I did not expect it, but it happened. The running game was good. And as long as it's good, in most games, that'll be good enough. If you've got Kenny Pickett on the field and a good running game, you can make something happen. That just hasn't been the case so far uh, this season. <laughs> Uh, and then you talk about uh, Jordan Addison, who's a freshman and is really coming to his own. Everyone projected that he would be a great player and that he'd be the best uh, freshman wide receiver since Tyler Boyd at Pitt. And he really is becoming that. He's living up to that standard. Uh, so he had another big game. And, of course, part of all of this is the uh, the Florida State defense. I actually last week uh, went on Knowles Anonymous podcast. It's a podcast uh, for uh, Florida State fans, very sort of self-effacing. I think, you know, Pitt fans uh, have that same sort of attitude. Uh, And so it's very much Florida State fans who are struggling outside of the the big national championship. Now it's not so great to be a Florida State fan. Um, And so I went on their podcast and we just sort of talked all things Pitt. They wanted to get a lay of the land when it comes to the opponent. And uh, it was a lot of fun. I, I'd highly recommend checking it out. Uh, Knowles Anonymous is the podcast. It was the episode that dropped uh, last Friday. And so we talked all things Pitt, both historically with all the national championships and the great players from the past. And then also currently, it was it was a lot of fun to explain what pitting is to people who aren't aware. So I got to explain uh, how Pitt always seems to do the impossible. Uh, but this game, there was no pitting. And, uh, and that was a big improvement. Uh, for the Panthers, They're, the game was never in doubt. They were able to just go out and do what they needed to do. Uh, and so that's certainly a big improvement. Uh, but when I was on that podcast on Knowles Anonymous, we were talking about how bad the Florida State defense was. The defensive coordinator isn't good. The defense isn't good. It's just a bit of a mess. And as it turns out, yeah, a part of this is, uh, in fact, that Florida State just does have a bad defense. And... Uh, they were able to uh, to give up all these points to the Panthers, an offense that has really struggled for much of the season. So we don't know exactly how much of this is 
Pitt's offense was playing really well or just Florida's de- Florida State's defense was playing very poorly and they took advantage. But either way, you'll take what you can get. We'll see what happens next week and moving forward with the offense if they can score a bunch of points again. But either way, in this game, it doesn't matter so much if it was more of the Pitt offense or the FSU defense. They got the points. They did what they needed to do. And it was a really good game. On the defensive end, entering this game, there were questions of, is this team checked out? Is this defense checked out? Because one thing that we saw that changed between the last episode of this uh, of this podcast and this episode is Paris Ford opted out of the season. He opted out of the rest of the season. Part of it is coronavirus, which makes all the sense in the world. There's a lot of danger out there. And, uh, you know, it's very concerning uh, in college football. Pitt has actually done a very good job. Uh, but for a lot of college football, they have not done a good job in terms of uh, getting a hold of this virus. And so that's completely understandable. Uh, that said, it seemed like there was a chance that the part of the decision might have been, well, maybe he's he's had enough of this season. He opted into this season. He was expecting Pitt to be really good uh, and have a great season and really improve his draft stock and, and the Panthers could maybe make a run at something. That was the expectation, and it just has not been going that way. Pitt is not going to make any sort of run to the national uh, to the ACC championship. And so he opted out, again, every right to, especially with coronavirus. But there were questions, well, doing it now, is it because Pitt is not playing that well? And, you know, like I said, after the last game, I think a lot of Pitt fans would have opted out of the season if they could. Uh, things were, were not going nearly as well as anyone expected, so it's completely understandable uh, to maybe want to get off the train. Um, all that said, there were some questions. Maybe the team has sort of given up. Maybe they've given up on Pat Narduzzi. Maybe they've given up on the season uh, because there was not a lot of effort in that last game, in the Notre Dame game before the bye week. And if there were any questions about effort, about if they're still in it, about giving up on the coach, about giving up on the season, those were silenced in this game against Florida State. The defense has not checked out. They have not given up on Pat Narduzzi. They came out and had a great game. The kind of games that they were having in the early part of the season when Pitt was winning, and then it sort of wore off a little bit these last couple weeks. Now, it was there for uh, the two games that they lost, that Pitt lost by a point. For the most part, that was there. Uh, but certainly the last two weeks, and I'll grant you the opponents, very good, Miami and Notre Dame, but the defense had not looked very good. Defense in this game looked very good. Now, part of that is that Jordan Travis, the FSU quarterback, got hurt. That's absolutely a part of it. And so when he was out, they, they didn't have their starting quarterback, you know, and they weren't really able to find a rhythm. But all that being said, even when Jordan Travis was in the game, Pitt's defense was playing fairly well. And ultimately, at the end of the day, you play against the other quarterback, whoever that is. And uh, when a player gets hurt, you hate to see it, but next man up for that team and for the defense, you just figure out a way to beat that person. You figure out a way to beat whoever the quarterback is on the field, and Pitt did it. There were a lot of great performances. And on that podcast, on that Knowles Anonymous podcast I was on, I was saying part of this team's DNA this season on defense, especially with Paris Ford out, is that it could really just be anyone. Who, uh, who steps up on defense. It's not necessarily going to be one superstar, one or two superstars, who are going to be the best player every single game. Like I said, especially without Paris Ford. He was a great player, and now you don't have him. And Jalen Twyman opted out of the season before it started. And there's not just one 
best player. I mean, Rashad Weaver's a great player uh, on the D-line. You've got DeMar Hamlin. You've got a lot of good players, and any one game, someone else, someone new can be the best player, can have the, the MVP game on that defense. And that's what we saw yet again from this Pitt defense. Brandon Hill, who a lot of people probably hadn't even heard his name in the ACC, he had eight tackles and an interception. He had an excellent game. Servasier Dennis continues to prove that he is legit. He's young, he's new, he was not highly rated or anything like that, but he has been very good all season long, and he had another great game. Seven tackles and two sacks. So Servasier Dennis had a big game. A.J. Woods had a big game. He had seven tackles and an interception. So there's another player who was able to step up and uh, and really you know get a lot done on the defensive end. DeMar Hamlin, uh, obviously a great player. He had five tackles and an interception. Cam Bright had six tackles. I mean, these are a lot of good players who at any given point can come up with a big play and have a big day. And that's the way the Pitts defense operates. And so it's been really, uh, it, it was good to see that that defensive unit back to what they could be. Because you had a sense the last couple weeks that they were not playing up to their potential. Because we'd seen their potential. We'd seen how good they were. And they had started playing down a bit. So this was back to what the Pitt defense should be, which is an excellent unit full of a ton of talented players who can make a big play at any time and uh, and really wreak havoc. I mean, that's sort of the identity, whether it's sacks, interceptions, you know, pressuring the quarterback. They just do not want the opposing offense to ever get comfortable. They want to be able to force mistakes. And they forced a lot of mistakes in that game against Florida State. And so a big game uh, for the Pitt defense. And now what does it all mean? You put it all together, what's it all mean? Pitt has this blowout win, 41-17. They move to 4-4 four and four on the season. And what it means is that Pat Narduzzi, that Mark Whipple, that the entire coaching staff, they all live to fight another day. Because if they had lost this game, as was very possible, like I said, I thought it was about a toss-up game. I leaned FSU. I thought they'd win it by three or four points. But it, it was supposed to be a very close game. And if they had lost it, that would have been a lot of trouble. It would have uh, moved the losing streak up to five games in a row. It would have put only Georgia Tech, Virginia Tech, and Clemson left on the schedule, so not much room for another win if you can't beat Florida State. And it would have really put in some doubts about the future of this program. I mean, after that Notre Dame game, pretty much everyone was just ready to be done, certainly with Mark Whipple, but also with Pat Narduzzi, and just ready to, to move on to a new era. And understandably so. And those talks sort of quiet down after this game. You have a win and a convincing win, a big win, a win where your team looks really good. It's not just a fluke. And when you have that, now the questions, they start to die down. The worry starts to die down. And now you look at the rest of the schedule in a different sort of a light. Because before this game, you look at the last four, and you've got Florida State, Maybe a toss-up game, but Pitt hasn't been playing well, so you think that might be a loss. Georgia Tech, not a great team, but it's in Atlanta. You know, maybe a toss-up game, that might be a loss. Virginia Tech, a pretty good team. They were ranked. That probably is a loss. And then, of course, at Clemson, you can almost chalk it up as a loss. And so now you're talking about finishing the season uh, by losing eight straight games and uh, finishing three and eight, and there's a real ch- Or even winning one. Say you win against Georgia Tech and no one else. And now you're talking about a season that is extremely disappointing, and you really have to question, maybe they should go in a different direction. Maybe Pat Narduzzi isn't the guy. But when you win this game in a convincing fashion, that shuts everyone up for a bit, at least for the week. 
because now you've got you, you just look at things differently. Now you've got Georgia Tech coming up this week. It's in Atlanta, but Georgia Tech has not looked good, and they are also cold. They had a three-point win to start the season over Florida State, okay, and they had a big win against Louisville. People thought, okay, maybe this Georgia Tech team is, is pretty good, but or at least decent. But they've stumbled. I mean, they had just that horrible loss to Clemson. I mean, understandable, but 73-7. to uh, So they were reeling from that, and they lost big to Boston College uh, by over 20 points, and then they were never in it with Notre Dame, which, of course, Pitt wasn't either. But now you've got Georgia Tech, who are stumbling a little bit, and, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're struggling some. Now, the uh, worry th- worrisome thing for Pitt is that Georgia Tech is coming off a bye. So they're in sort of a similar situation as Pitt was this past week against Florida State, which is a team that has lost a few games in a row. Things are bad, you know, but but they've got this time. They've got a bye week to try to turn things around, and then maybe they'll come out of that bye week against Pitt and, uh, and have a big game. So that's certainly possible and uh, definitely not a slam dunk when it comes to Pitt winning this game. But you've got a good chance to win it, and you you should win it if this team, if you don't want to have the conversation about a, a coaching change. Then you've got Virginia Tech. Again, a week ago, a ranked team looked pretty good. Not great, but, you know, solid team. They were coming off a win against Louisville. And then they play Liberty at home, and Fuente makes one of the dumbest decisions I've ever seen as a head coach. Um, he, uh, he, he ends up uh, icing the kicker uh, but letting him get a kick off, that kick that he let him take before he called the timeout, or I guess after he called the timeout, but he called it so late, the kicker was allowed to kick. Virginia Tech blocked it and was able to essentially end the game there, except their coach had called a timeout. So then that play comes back. Liberty, who now just saw what Virginia Tech was doing and is now sort of work the bugs out, now gets another try, now gets another go at it, Liberty goes on and wins the football game. So now Virginia Tech is not looking so good. They lose to Liberty. They're out of the top 25. They've got Miami this weekend. Maybe there's a chance you beat Virginia Tech. That's going to be a home game for the Panthers. So now, and of course, Clemson still highly, highly, highly doubt that Pitt can win that game. But if you can win the two games leading up to certainly at least one, You've got to win at least one, or we're right back to where we were during the bye week. Uh, But if you can win two, and there are two very winnable games coming up against uh, Georgia Tech and Virginia Tech, if you can win those two, all of a sudden this season doesn't seem so bad. You lost to three great teams, Clemson, Notre Dame, Miami, and there were two one-point losses. But overall, you won all the other games. It's more understandable. It's a little bit excusable. And maybe you make a change at offensive coordinator still. I think they probably should. But Pat Arduzzi gets at least another year, and you can sort of regroup and try to do this in a more normal season. But to do that, you've got to win these two games against Georgia Tech and Virginia Tech. Like I said, at least one where things are dire. But really, you've got to win two to feel decent about this season. And I think they can, based on how they played against Florida State. Now, Georgia Tech, still going to be some problems. Virginia Tech, still a pretty good team that is by no means a guaranteed win. But Pitt has a a good chance to win both of these next two games, Georgia Tech and Virginia Tech. We'll see if they're able to do it, but certainly a chance to steady the ship. So that'll do it for this episode of Unscripted. A bit of a shorter episode. Uh, next week should be longer. Uh, this game, I, I was watching the whole time, um, but still with... 
uh, election coverage going on for almost an entire week at that point. I was running on very little sleep. Uh, I was still paying, you know, some attention to the news and what was going on in the world. So uh, I, I didn't watch as intently as I normally do. That will change next week. I will have no distractions. And so uh, it'll likely be a little bit longer next week after the Georgia Tech game. Uh, and hopefully we'll have that episode up on Monday. Like I said, everything's been running a little bit sluggishly uh, this past week because the election uh, counting went on for uh, for about five days before we had a call. And uh, and so there was not much sleep for me and, uh, and a lot of watching uh, uh, cable news. So with all that said, um, uh, thank you all for voting. There was record high turnout. Uh, and I and I just I appreciate everyone who went out there and did their their civic duty, their patriotic duty uh, and cast a ballot. Um, and yeah, until next week, I'm Corey Cohen signing off from Unscripted, the Cardiac Hill podcast.